I guess more than anything, I wanted to share with you guys tonight um, just some reflections from this past year for me. And um, um, how many how many of you have made some sort of resolution? Show of hands for this year. How many of you just you're a little behind and you're planning to get around to it? That's your first resolution, catch up. Um, how many of you have made a resolution to not make any resolutions this year? Anybody? Okay. All right. <laughs> I declare. <laughs> no res- Well, that's a resolution. Okay. So just so you, just, oh, okay. You're, you're free, bro. <laughs> um, I, I was thinking about, uh, I was thinking about these things and anybody want to share any, any resolutions that you have made? Maybe it would be helpful for the rest of us. Um, if we're if you're just lacking ideas, learn to receive. Oh, that's a good one. See that that that's that's good. And you can all steal that one. Can we steal that? Can we borrow that one? Uh, anybody else? Resolutions this year. Come on. Well, I, I resolved this year um, to continue to eat Maria's cooking, but. To somehow, some way in the process, lose ten pounds while doing so. So that's my resolution this year, among among others. Um, which means I'm probably going to have to start running around a little bit more. <laughs> you know, it's just something's got to give. So um, that's a serious resolution. Uh, I'll have you know. Um, so keep cooking, babe. All right. Um, I, w- I was thinking about. Uh, that whole thing and um, why we even make resolutions and um, whether they're good or bad and and we had had this conversation the other night while we were at dinner just kind of like uh, sort of this feeling of why bother you know why why um, start that process over again is it a good thing or not and um, and I think when it comes to a new year um one of the things that we can feel more than anything else is just a sense of, um, of in some way, defeat from the previous year. Um, anybody else ever feel like that? I, I, I feel like, for me, that's part of the reason I don't really like the end of the year. It's too much time alone, my thoughts, to, to be reminded of things that didn't happen last year that I wanted to happen, things about myself that I, I wish were different. Um, Things that I said I was going to do and didn't do. So there's, there's this bitter taste that can come in your mouth from that um, when you really look at it, you know. And um, and so as a result of that, even I think there's this sense for some of us that the new year we're just gonna like we're gonna sweep the whole idea of resolutions under the rug because uh, we don't want to be disappointed or we don't want to be reminded of of something we said we were going to do and then didn't do. And, and on the other end, there's uh, maybe for some of us, um, now I want to say that I don't think resolution is a bad thing, um, but um, the question I think still is um, why? why? Why is there this sense in us that, okay, it's a new year, um, I'm going to start and I'm going to make this list, I'm going to say what I, I want to be different about myself, about my environment, about my accomplishments, any of those things. And um, 
I um, I want to I want to I want to talk about um, resolution. I want to talk about resolve tonight, really quickly. Um, and um, but I want to talk about something that I think is very different than what we often end up doing January first or January fifteenth or whenever we get around to it. Um, a very different type of resolution because um, I think that pattern um, that often we has kind of been ingrained in us. Um, the I, I really believe the root of that pattern is not one that finds itself um, grounded in um, the gospel. Um, I don't need to think of another way to say that. I think the motivation oftentimes for us coming the beginning of a new year and thinking I'm going to make these things different is often a motivation that is not one in line with God's purpose and his heart for us. What I mean by that is I think for some of us the motivation is disappointment. The motivation is uh, actually um, the feeling of not meeting the mark. Um, and for others um, the, the motivation may be um, I, I have something still to prove. And so we find ourselves in this place of, um, you know what, I'm going to make things different. Or we might find ourselves so discouraged that we say, you know what, why bother? <laughs> Either of those things is not good. Can we agree on that? Either of those things is not good. Um, so I want to talk about, really, um, tonight, gospel resolve. And this word, resolve... Um, I like the definition I, I looked it up today, and it says a firm determination to do something. And that's usually uh, what we think of as the beginning of our motivation for X, Y, Z. Write it down. I'm going to do it this year. This, this year. This year, I'm going to do it. This year, I'm going to do it. I know I said I was going to do it last year, but this year, I'm going to do it. Um, I actually like the example, you know, the, the definition... Um, in the dictionary, then they give you some examples of how you might use it. I thought the example was way better, in fact, oddly enough, than the definition itself at clarifying this. Uh, it says she received information that strengthened her resolve. Why, why did I like that so much? Because I, I think actually that's what we need. We need a gospel resolve, which actually says there is information that in light of that information strengthens strengthens our determination, strengthens our focus, strengthens our understanding of what is really going on with our lives, strengthens our um, perseverance, our, um, our yes to God. So we need a, a gospel resolve, which is actually that we let the gospel itself, the good news that um, we've been actually... Um, speaking and sharing and echoing tonight um, touch our hearts and out of that place um, that we determine to do something. Doing something is not wrong, just so you know. But it's the motivations. Why are we doing it? Um, so I, um, I, I would say my spiritual meter has been really low lately. Um, people asked, how were the holidays? Well, there were the holidays. We ate a lot of food. We played a lot of games. We 
did a lot of stuff to keep ourselves busy and entertained. That gets really old for me. Anybody? I, some of you? It, it, okay. And if you're like, no, it doesn't get old, just don't raise your hand. We won't judge you. We don't want to judge you for that. So just don't raise your hand. But for me, it just gets old. But for some reason, you know, when you have that break, it's like, yeah, what are we going to do? Play games, go bowling, putt-putt golf, fishing, uh, football, you name it. It's, oh, eat it up. And then a weekend, you're like, I'm so full of this stuff. What is it? It's not doing anything for me. Yeah. That about sums up the holiday for me. So when you ask, how's the holiday? And I said, eh, it's not like anything bad happened. It was just like, you know, it just went on and on in that. And so I'm glad to be back. I like to play golf. I love Maria's family. Northwest Arkansas is beautiful. I got to go fishing. We even ate rainbow trout. Doesn't that sound lovely? I caught two. I begged for three. That's a true story. So in the end, we got our limit. I, I asked this guy, I said, well, we don't really have enough to eat, and the whole family's over there, and he felt bad for me, he said, like, I'll give you a few fish. So anyway, another story. Um, it, was, it was good overall. So my, my spiritual meter is, is low, and, and today, um, actually, the last couple of days, God has been saying, I want you to sit down, and I want you to um, just spend some time thinking about this past year, and I want, not like a punishment, you know, like, I want you to think about what you did last year. <laughs> It was more like, I want you to spend time, reflect on what I've done, what I did last year. I said, oh, that sounds like a good idea. And, you know, a couple, a couple of days went by just since we've been back. And finally this morning, I was like, I, I have to preach something. I have to work on a sermon. God said, did you ever sit down and think about uh, what I did last year? And I was like, no, I should probably do that. Okay, we'll start there. I know this will be good. I want to do this, actually. I know it doesn't seem like it, but I want to do this. And so I sat down, and I just began to write out some of these things. And I just, I was thinking, wow, God, you, you did some amazing things. Like, that was last year? Because that felt like a long time ago. I was like, we moved into our first house. That was last January. This time last year, we were calling the Colemans, asking if we could come in and hang out with them for a week, because we still didn't have a house yet. <laughs> True story, Yeah. Ten days. It was, ten. it was a good week and a half. It was. You know, I thought about giving you a call again and just saying, hey, can we come over? It's cold at our house. But it's getting warmer, actually. So um, I, I sat down and I began to write these things out. And um, wow, it was just, it was good. So I want to I start by saying, if you have not spent time to really pinpoint and write down what God's done in your life this past year, do it. Do it. Like, spend as long as it takes. And just ask him, would you bring back to my memory? I was like, I was just sitting there and trying to remember, and it was hard. So I'm, I'm just waiting, God, okay. And I, and I would write something down, and I'd go do something else, and then remember, oh, this happened, and I'd start writing that down. And, um, you know, when you think about resolve, you think about what it means to have gospel resolve. The first thing that I think should inform how we look at this new year and um, how we look at the past even is that for you and I, that um, in light of the gospel, um, when we look at our lives, are we more aware of our failures or are we more aware of his faithfulness? The gospel, in fact, says we should have this uh, acute sensitivity and awareness to his faithfulness that so outweighs our understanding of our failure, our shortcoming. That's 
part of how this gospel should shape how we look at the new year. So if you think about last year, and as you think about a new year, are you more aware of your failure, or are you more aware of his faithfulness in your life? I'm, I'm just preaching to myself tonight, and if you guys want to uh, you know, write down anything for yourself, it's free to the public. But I'm preaching to myself, and, and I found myself, part of why I felt so kind of discouraged um, wasn't just you know football and lots of food, it was, it was I, I, I couldn't get over this feeling of things that didn't happen last year, or regrets from last year, or just a sense of things have not changed enough for me to feel good about a new year coming. And in fact, it's here. But the gospel, the gospel, if we let the gospel in, this good news says, you know what? Far outweighing your failures is my faithfulness. Okay? So, one of the ways you know if if you have gospel resolve for this new year, is are you aware of his faithfulness and how much bigger it is than your failure? So one of the ways you can do that is sit down and just begin to reflect on it. Write it down. And as I, I started to do that, I was thinking, wow, there, is, there was a lot of things that happened. And I just I wrote down a few things that, um, that came to us this year. And they're going to kind of seem a little... Um, Superficial or material. House, job, car, door, dog. <laughs> These were five things that I was like, wow, I am super thankful for them. And in fact, when they sound like a little material. They're, they're material things, okay? But, but when I look at each one of those things, you know what I see? I see the faithfulness of God. Because any of you who were there with us while we were waiting for the house, you know, you know how much of an ordeal it was. And the Lord, the Lord made that happen. Faithfulness of God. The dog one is pretty interesting because that may seem um, like, well, okay, you're just getting a little over spiritual. But no, no, no. We ran into this dog while we were trying to find boxes for packing to, to move out of our old place. And I was like, what is Maria doing, making friends with this stranger and this dog? And then on the way home, I oddly felt, you know, this connection. <laughs> like, i got to call that girl and just tell her, you know, hey, would you hold on to the dog for us? So if, if I haven't told you that story, that's how we met Esther. But then the amazing thing was, you know when we got Esther? We got her on Maria's birthday. Yeah, that's sweet, right? But more than that, like, it, you know why it's sweet? Because... As I was thinking back on that, I just thought, you know, how good of a dad do we have? Like this little thing, it really is, it's little. But I know there's so much more to it. He said, here you go. And she, she had wanted a dog for so long, and I just kept saying, no, no, no. And then I get to give her, give her the present on her birthday. Wow, good deal for both of us. But it was just... I know it was God just saying, here you go. Here you go. As, as my child, here you go. So the dog for me is, is a really big one, actually. And I was reminded today, well, that, that was, we got the dog on her birthday. That's, that was not coincidence. Um, 
I, I was flipping through and trying to think about the timeline for some of these things. And, you know, I, I got a job at MICA, which that wasn't on my list of things that I want to happen in 2014, but it happened, which is really cool. And I, I had this, um, I came across this text message um, from all the way back in February. Um, and um, many of you have met Jung Mi. She's a professor at MICA, and she's awesome, and she loves the Lord, and she's really pushy about it sometimes, which is great, actually, I think. Um, <laughs> sometimes we just need to be pushed. And, you know, I, I met her in the end of 2013, and then beginning of last year, she started um, inviting me to prayer meetings, and I figured, you know, as a pastor, I should go to that, and that truthfully, and then it ended up being this really great thing, like, hey, I actually want to be here. And she, she had sent me this text message all the way back in February, and she was saying all these things she was praying for and things she was hoping to see happen at Micah. And then she says, oh, and by the way, the last prayer is for more Christian faculty. So pray for a class to open up for you and send me your resume and portfolio. And that was back in February. And I, I'm pretty sure at the time, I was just was like, this lady's crazy. Like, I, I did not send her my portfolio or my resume for like two more months, you know. But then I look back and there it is, her prayer, all the way back then. And it's just like, wow. And God's saying, you know what? I had this thing in mind before you did and I put it on somebody else's heart. You didn't even... Like, you weren't even really close to, and here it is. And so I'll look at all these things. I see God's faithfulness. I see through each of them this marker of his faithfulness. I was thinking about the story of Jacob. You guys know the story of Jacob? You heard of the Jacob stone? Um, it's, it's from Genesis 28, and um, it's this story where... Um, where God comes to Jacob in the middle of the night and he's camping out and he goes, I guess um, it was the best thing he could find, but he finds this rock and decides it's going to be his pillow and he goes to sleep and in the middle of the night the Lord meets him and this is what God says to him in um, Genesis 28. He says, I'm the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Pretty awesome. Do you hear the voice of God saying, I will, I will do this. I will do this. I will make this happen. That's what he says to Jacob in the middle of the night in his dream. And so Jacob, uh, he wakes up and he's pretty happy and he says, surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. That was his response. And so I look at this, and and then he takes this um, rock that was his pillow, and he says, he marks it there. He says, this is where God was. This is where God showed up. And we see that, in fact, 
Not only did God show up, but He revealed His faithfulness, the faithfulness that had gone bef- um, before Him with Abraham and Isaac. And it's this faithfulness that continues. And He says, Jacob, I'm choosing you. I am intervening in your life now. And the same promise that started with your father and his father is going to continue with you. You know, Jacob uh, was known as the deceiver. Not, not a good thing to be known as. God says, you know what, you're going to get a new name. And I'm going to actually continue my promise through you, the deceiver. It wasn't Jacob's failure. It was God's faithfulness that becomes so abundantly clear in this moment. Not your inability to keep your word, but my ability to keep my word. Awesome, right? I believe God wants to do that same thing in our lives and remembering in that way. It's why it's so important. It's why we take time for it every week here. So do that. Write those things down. Declare His faithfulness. Mark the places where God showed up in a way only He could. And where you see the intervening heart of God in your life. Where you've seen it before. And you know why we need to be reminded of that? Because if we look ahead to a new year, there's so much uncertainty, right? There's so much where if we just put together the pieces and we do the math, it is not going to add up. But the good news is that it's not A plus B equals C. There's more to it than that. It's the faithfulness of God. And so where you look ahead and you don't see yet how it's going to be accomplished, how the pieces are going to fit, how it's going to add up, there's another part of the equation the gospel tells us is the faithfulness of God to intervene. That's what he does. That's what he's good at. He intervenes on our behalf. And when we weren't expecting it, when we were asleep even, God shows up and he says, you know what, I am doing this thing and I've been doing this thing and I'm continuing to do this thing. And I'm calling you into my faithfulness. It's not God, let, let me call your faithfulness into my life. It's God saying, I'm calling you into my faithfulness. That's good. That's really good news. I don't know, you guys should be happier right now. It's really good news. So I was um, just reflecting on those things, and it was, it was a good moment. And just thinking, wow, God, you've done all this and more. And, um, and then I, I happened to find myself reminded of something that I'm still waiting for. So in the middle of all these things where I see, wow, God, you showed up, and you showed up, and you showed up, and you gave, and I see your blessing, and your abundant provision, and, and in many ways in an uninspected way and then I was reminded and of, of this thing we've been waiting for this whole past year and it, and it didn't happen I was really hoping you know like end of the year 11th hour the adoption agency would call and say hey we have your kid we're coming over right now um, didn't happen like that um, and so in the middle of that I I was reminded that this whole year we've been hoping for a child and even longer than that. And I was like, God, this was supposed to be a happy moment. Why did, why did you remind me of that? 
But I'm going to write it down. So I wrote that down too. And I think that's okay. It's good actually to write down the things that you're still waiting for. Because it doesn't all happen in a year, right? In fact, like looking back on last year, you might have more things that you're still waiting for than things that you feel like you actually saw accomplish and achieve. So what do you do with that? Um, I was I was thinking about it and I was oddly stirred again to gratefulness because um, when I remembered that we've been waiting, I was also reminded of something that God spoke into in our waiting um, in regards to uh, hope of a child this year. And it didn't come till late in the year, but... Um, you know, I I realized that for a long time, um, for me personally, I had been sort of looking at this um, possibility of a family as really just um, one more thing to plan. One more thing that when I was ready and when we were ready, we would say, okay, I'm going to do this thing. It was like planning a vacation. Okay, we're going to go away for the weekend. Um, that's how I sort of looked at this thought of having a child. Maybe that seems crazy. It, it does seem crazy that I would have thought that way about this thing that is this amazing miracle that I, um, while I have a part in, am not in control of. Do you hear me? And so... It was towards the end of last year that God spoke into that and said, you know, just to be in the spirit of honesty, when we got married, I said, don't want a kid. Don't want a kid. Time, pause. Put that one on the back burner. Let's wait a couple years and then we'll talk. <clears throat> Early on, Maria and I could more easily agree on that. But our timelines were a little bit different. Initially, we sort of began to clash over that um, discussion, and so I didn't want to bring it up. And, um, and eventually, God, moving in my heart, I, you know, the stubbornness, I let go of and say, okay, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready for this. Um, let's start a family. I'm sorry if this is too much. And it was just like, okay, God, we're ready. (laughs) We're officially ready. (laughs) Thank you for getting me to this place, and now we're ready. That was a while ago. That was more than, that was a couple years ago. And, but you know, and then it went from, okay, God, we're not ready, we're not ready. Please don't give us a child, even though they're cute. To, okay, we're ready. We're ready. God, where are you? We've been waiting. We're ready. Do you hear us? We're ready. And what the Lord showed me, and it took a long time, because I wasn't even thinking about it. But just a few months ago, he said, do you realize that this thing, you've sort of just taken it completely for granted. And first you were, you would have blamed me if the child came early, but now you're blaming me because the child's not here yet. 
I'm like, yeah, that's pretty messed up. Yeah, um, I can see, I can see now, God, how, how that's a problem. Yeah, presumptuous. Yeah, no, it's not a holiday. It's not like planning a vacation. I see that now. I get it. Yeah, bad. That was that was a bad idea on my part. And you know, we we just had to repent and say, God, sorry. I'm sorry for thinking that it was about my plan. I'm sorry for trusting in what I thought I could do rather than trusting in what only you could do. That was a big eye-opener for me. And I wonder in our lives, how often do we just say, okay, God, here's what I want to do. Bless it. When we think of gospel resolve, the second thing I think we so need to be reminded of in our hearts as we look to a new year is that it's not, God, I have all these things planned. Now will you bless them? It's not the work of my hands, God bless that. It's God, what is your plan? God, there, it's all in your hand. It is all in your hand. Would you show me what you want to do with what's ahead and what you've already given me? Not bless us on this sweet little vacation. That was a, that was a big one. Um, and I realized, you know, I, I don't know why, but I was, I was afraid of God's blessing. If there's one thing you should never be afraid of, it's something that God always says is a blessing. In this case, it was a child. And for a while, I was, I was saying, God, I don't want your blessing. That's what I was saying. And I was like, why, why did I pray that prayer now that I think about it? And what I'm saying is, for you and I, as we look to a new year, um, the gospel should bring us to this place where we're not looking at this time and we're making plans and then we're saying, God, bless these things. But instead, we're saying, God, what is your plan? All of it is in your hand. Would you put me into your story? And would you show me what you want to do? So am I relying this year on my plans, asking God to bless it? Or am I looking and asking and inviting myself into his plans. Because that's what he's doing. He's inviting you into his plans. He, he never came up with this agreement where he said, um, okay, you just tell me what you want to do and, and I'll, I'll just jump on board. In fact, it's way better the other way. And so this very thing, this, this thing of life being produced, I can't, I cannot literally do this on my own and realize that now. And for us, it is the very life we have. It's the same principle. Your breath in this moment is because of Him. If you have next week, it's because of Him. If you make this year the best year ever, it's because of Him. Your life is held together because of Him. And yet, we do all these things on our own and you know, it's just, it's his, it's his patience, it's his kindness that, 
He doesn't just smack us upside the head. Like, I, I'm thinking, God, why didn't you just tell me like, way back at the beginning? Like, are you stupid? <laughs> really? I mean, that's what I was thinking I would have done with myself. You know, like, travel back in time five years ago. Don't be an idiot. When God gives you a blessing, it's always a good thing. So why would you be afraid of it? Why would you pray it away? That's what I would have told myself five years ago. So as you look at this time and what's ahead, and even as you might make resolutions, would you actually say, God, what do you want to do? And would you bring me into that? And that may mean you need to go back and you need to look at some things where you haven't done that. Say, God, would you reorient my thinking here? Um, yeah, I'm not going to go any further um, except to say that um, you know when we experience good gifts and when we experience the waiting both of those things are of God. But they're for a purpose. The door and the dog and the house and the job, none of those things are just for me to be comfortable, for me to build something. All of those things, they point back to His goodness. And so when I experience the blessing, when you experience a blessing, when you look back on last year, when you look ahead to the things you're still waiting for, when you experience those things happen, let it lead you back to the one who is the gift giver. Let it not just be about the gift. And I think that's where waiting is actually so good for us because it's often, we often forget when it's just good things coming. You're just eventually you're like, man, I'm, I'm on a roll. But when we end up having to wait for something, in that place, we, we, we realize there's more to it than just the thing I'm waiting for. There's the one behind the waiting. It's God himself. And you know, whether it's the good thing, he wants to point you back to him. Or if it's the waiting, he wants to point you back to him. And he wants to point you back to the sufficiency that only comes from him. The blessing will never be enough. The waiting will really can crush you unless you let those things point you back to the one who is sufficient. The life giver, the one whom life flows out of. And whom it's for. So let's just pray that this year we would let the good news that our Father has come and invited us. He's initiated this story that we're a part of. We get to share in here as a family. And it's continuing. And as surely as it's continuing, wherever there's hopelessness in your life, there is God behind the scenes initiating something that you can't see yet. That's good news and it's true. Wherever you're still waiting on something, there is a Father who's saying, lean into me in the meantime. Lean into me. 
I am enough. Let's pray. Dad, we just thank you for that reminder. We thank you that the gospel is not theory, it's not merely words on a page, but it's it's a living, breathing being. It's you. You are the good news. Your love. You are love. You are sufficient for all that we need. And every good thing that we've experienced points back to your sufficiency, points back to your goodness, points back to your love. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would free us this year. You'd free us, God, from disappointment and discouragement, having the final say. You would free us, God, into purpose, or you would free us into your love, Lord, that we would take hold of your faithfulness again. And we would see the truth therein of your initiating hand in our midst. And we would have hope for what's ahead as a result of it. We just pray for hearts of thanksgiving, hearts of gratitude. Lord, I thank you for the way that even now you're speaking into our midst and you are reminding us of the story that you've called us into. We didn't write the story, you wrote it. But we get to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And so we come to your table to remember, remember that story in its fullness and at the center of it is your love displayed through the Son. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that our life, our life is in you and you gave it to us. And your yearning on our behalf is that we would experience the fullness of it as we are one with you and the Father and the Spirit. Thank you that the sentimental value that you put in us in the beginning was not lost because of sin, but it was restored through the Son. Jesus, we thank you for that.